0: You know, a kid doesn't necessarily see that exchange of money for another type of good or service. So we have to make sure that we're creating opportunities for a child to understand how the world works, otherwise all of a sudden they're an adult and they start having money problems even if they're incredibly intelligent, partly because they just haven't actually been able to build that relationship with how money works, the dynamics of it in their day-to-day life. Financial independence is being able to, yes, pay your bills and to be able to live the way you want to live today and tomorrow, but it's also about how you feel inside. And that's a big part that's missing for more people than not. Self-awareness is really key for any individual who can really do this work on their own, but we have found that part of why clients actually work with us directly because They need to be led. And so it's something that we encourage everyone. And this applies to all of your listeners.
1: And that is coming up next on Bootstrapping Your Dream Show. So stay tuned. So the big question is this. How are ambitious people like us who don't have a lot of resources, did not go to Ivy League colleges, were not born into wealth? How do we become resourceful enough? Use our creativity, our dedication, and a little bit of crazy to bootstrap our way to realizing our dreams, whether it is launching a new company, launching a new app, or making it to the top of the corporate ladder. That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. We have created a tremendous community of bootstrappers, entrepreneurs, and professionals who are ambitious, resourceful, and want to get things done. We brainstorm, support, and help each other out. So come join us. Navigate to bootstrapping.group, join today, and get the Startup Founders Technology Accelerator video series absolutely free. If you enjoy this video, then do let us know by hitting that like button now. Or if you want us to improve our content, then go ahead and hit that thumbs down button and give us your honest feedback in the comment section below. Here at Tetter Noodle, we are passionate about entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation. Every week, we bring you insightful and engaging videos, interviews, tips, tricks, and strategies to help you grow your business or rise in your corporate profession. If you're new here, please do consider subscribing. And do not forget to hit that bell icon so that you are notified when we publish new content. Hello and welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dream Show. I'm your host, Manoj Agarwal, and today we'll be talking with a guest who's an incredible career as well as a financial manager, career coach, and a financial manager. Her name is Catherine Layola. Welcome, Catherine.
0: Hello. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. So uh, let me uh, introduce you. Uh, Catherine is the founder and CEO of Concentric Private Wealth. She believes that financial choices must be made through personal values. She has been quoted several times in recognized national publications, the Wall Street Journal, and Investment News. And she recently collaborated with CNBC in their new project, Invest in You, Ready, Set, Grow. She's a certified financial planner. She'll be here um, uh, with us to show us a little bit more about uh, her career and project and share her knowledge about financial planning with us. All right, Catherine. So can you take us uh, down the memory lane and tell us a little bit about Uh, yourself, how did you get started in financial planning and um, uh, what was that uh, path for you? What was that journey for you? like?
0: Well, I technically started in financial planning right out of college. There was an alum of the university that I attended who thought that I would be a really great fit for the industry because I had financed and paid my way, worked my way through college. So there was a lot of skills that I had learned by being very in the know with what was going on with tuition and day-to-day expenses and had become very strategic. So he thought that I would be a very good fit and made some introductions. And I began the interview process for that. But truly, my real beginning really goes back to when I was a child and the experiences that I had. I was the oldest of five kids in a single-income household, and we didn't have a lot of money. So my parents were very, very frugal at times but they also wanted us to experience the world and so I grew up in this family well yes we definitely had challenges from a financial perspective as well as family challenges that happen with every family but I had this opportunity to really become aware of money at a young age as well as become aware of opportunities in the world and that's truly I think where my start began in terms of entering the financial world
1: that's awesome um uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of uh, tech startup founders, um, and many of them are parents. So I'm I'm curious to know what kind of uh, learnings did you get in uh, your childhood, so that you know we can learn from that and maybe incorporate that into our kids' lives as well. So if you if you can share some, that'll be great.
0: Sure. Well, if you had asked me that same question about six and a half years ago, I think I probably would have had a little bit of a different Response simply because almost seven years ago, I wasn't a parent yet. Now, today, I am a parent of three little kids. And something that has become much more clear to me now as a parent is how much you got to go a little bit with the flow, and that each child is different, and that there isn't one thing that fits every situation. So, a message to everyone listening who is a parent and is really wanting to instill lessons. In their child is to know that there isn't a one solution that's going to fit all kids. I'm actually in the process right now of co authoring a book with a few other advisors. And that's one thing that we are really hitting on because we're talking about how to encourage parents to raise money smart kids who also are going to be leading, or excuse me, leading a mindful and fulfilling life. And that takes into account a lot of different dynamics. One thing that really resonated to me as a child is that it's really important to give your child the opportunity to experience adversity. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the message to experience trauma. So sometimes when I've said adversity to people, people immediately respond with, I don't want my kid to experience some of the really hard challenges that I've experienced. And they're referencing things that had created trauma in their life. What I'm Mm -hmm. talking about is putting your kid in, in a position where they actually can want something, where they can feel who they are, where they can go out and get everything. I find so often that with adults who are in senior level positions, and especially entrepreneurs, that they don't want their kids to struggle. And yet so much of what has put them in the position that they are today is because of what they learned during those, moments and periods sometimes very extended periods of struggle so for me one of the things that was really helpful as a child is you know this is actually in my high school years i remember coming home from school one year when i was a freshman and telling my parents how there was a school trip to new zealand and australia now i had never even been on a plane much less to california so the idea of me going from the washington dc area all the way to Australia was pretty big, but the idea of how that was gonna actually be paid for when my parents didn't have extra financial resources was also another component. And what my parents said to me was really key. They said, yes, you can go. And we will support you doing everything that you need to do to be able to earn the money for you to be able to go, but we are not gonna be able to financially support you in this. That was about a 14, 15-month time frame. And what I did over that 14, 15-month time frame was work a ton of hours. Now, some people from the outside looked at that and said, how can you allow your daughter to work as many hours as she's doing? I was hustling, babysitting, and lifeguarding, and coaching as a soccer referee. There was on top of the activities that I already had with school. But I wanted to get on that plane and go outside of the world that I had been exposed to, which was great in so many ways but I, I knew that there was something bigger as well and I'm very happy to say that I was able to earn all of the money to get on that trip and that trip in itself was really a pivotal point of my own life journey in recognizing how much I wanted to be part of this bigger world and what I could do if I set my mind something there's of course also lessons that I learned as a child as well you know some of those were not being able to for example go to a movie if I hadn't Earned the money to go to the movie. Now, my parents would pay at times for those things, but it's not where I just got to do every single thing that I wanted to do. I understood that money was something that was literally not just sitting in a big bucket and you can pull out of it without putting back into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's excellent advice. And yeah, I mean, I worry about that about my kids uh, all the time that I, I don't want to give them everything and make it so easy that they don't have a drive. Because, as you would rightly put it, you know all those struggles that you go through in life—they they actually shape your character. And um, and if if you learn the money skills early on, uh, it'll serve you well um, in the latter part of your life. Uh, so, and also, and yeah, little, I and you stoke- know, yeah. Go ahead. it's
0: also just to add a little bit. It's also not just the money skills. The money skills are really important, but the bigger opportunities that I think that sometimes we are not giving to our children when we are not exposing them to the reality of numbers Mm -hmm. is the ability to create and especially for entrepreneurs that's such a special gift to Mm -hmm. have and to be able to nurture over time that ability to create is often given that extra kindling when there are opportunities that are out there. And if we're not giving a child the ability to see opportunities, then they don't have as much opportunity to really be able to create. And truly, one of the biggest ways that parents can help their child is through putting them in positions of observation and demonstration, especially in this world that we live in, where technology has given us so many efficiencies and ability to do things without having to carry around, for example, cash or a checkbook. Mm -hmm. But At the same time, that's also taken away the relationship experience for adults, which is also often why people are overspending, but also for kids. you know, A kid doesn't necessarily see that exchange of money for another type of good or service. So we have to make sure that we're creating opportunities for a child to understand how the world works. Otherwise, all of a sudden they're an adult and they start having money problems even if they're incredibly intelligent partly because they just haven't actually been able to build that relationship with how money works, the dynamics of it in their day-to-day life.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, one more thing I also want to uh, um, point out and completely agree with you that uh, traveling to different uh, countries and experiencing different cultures, I think that also um, is a very fundamental thing that, uh, that shapes your character, as, especially as a kid. You know, you, you get to see how other people live and it it expands your sort of frame of reference and, uh, and your, uh, and your thinking power. Will you agree with
0: that? 100% agreed. And this is something that for parents who may not necessarily be comfortable with traveling, which I'm a big, big believer in traveling outside of the country that we all reside in, but it's also something that we can do in a local basis. So for example, if you have listeners who typically are going to, one type of spot for a vacation consider maybe going to a different type of spot a different type of vacation experience maybe it's one that is more service oriented and there's components of helping out a community that may not necessarily be as well served maybe it is taking a day or two out of the vacation and going into other parts of the neighborhoods that you're traveling to to see what Really, the majority of the community is living like and talking to people and seeing what their lives are like, as opposed to just the resort vacation. I definitely, again, believe in traveling outside of the country that we reside in just to see how other people do things, as well as different mindsets and philosophies. But it's one that we can do really in a local way, even if we're not on vacation, so that our kids and ourselves can have I hate to say a reality check but in a way a reality check that there's a lot of ways of living and there's a lot of ways Mm -hmm. of thinking and there's a lot of ways of creating and truly there's such a power that can come when we can integrate all those different things together
1: yes completely agree awesome so now let's uh, move on from kids to grown-ups because you know uh, (laughs) that's our audience. So uh, let's talk about financial planning for for grown-ups. And I know that you focus on value-based choices, um, and you think that those are the best strategies for financial planning. And again, you know uh, we are um, we are trying to serve entrepreneurs and startup founders. So can you tell us what are some of the strategies um, that entrepreneurs or startup founders they can implement in their personal finances or their or their company finances to make sure that they manage their money well?
0: Absolutely, so when we're talking about adults and financial planning, what recommendations make sense for each individual person and for the company that someone is running is going to be unique and specific to that individual situation. But for every person as well as company, it is so key to understand what is at the core of who I am or what we are if we're talking about a company. So often we see complexities in planning because someone is planning in a direction that is not aligned with what is important to them. And so it's really key to take moments every single year and throughout the year to really focus in on what's actually important to me? What is important to our company? And are we aligned with our strategy, with our marketing, with everything else that we're doing? Because if we look at, for example, on an individual basis, and we look at someone who has, let's just say, exited a company one, two, three, eight times, whatever it may be, there might be a ton of financial success in terms of the amount of money in the bank. That is great in so many ways. That does not mean, however, that that person is financially independent or that that person is fulfilled. That person might be chasing something that has nothing to do with what actually is bringing them joy. And so when we talk about financial independence, what we're talking about is the ability to not be dependent on a certain lifestyle or type of work or exit from the company that you founded to simply be able to pay your bills. Financial independence is being able to, yes, Pay your bills and to be able to live the way you want to live today and tomorrow but it's also about how you feel inside and that's a big part that's missing for more people than not but the good news is that that is something that absolutely can be addressed we see that happen with companies too you know so often companies are having a lot of success on paper but often what they haven't really focused in on is who are they as a company? You know, what ultimately is their product or their service? And that's easy to kind of go in a different direction because they might be chasing after the shiny thing or social media says one thing or their competitors are doing one thing. But at the end of the day, the company was, may, may have been founded to serve a particular group and just kind of got all over the place. So again, it's really key to focus on values. It's also really key to focus on strengths. As an individual, if we're just focusing on our values and we're not taking into account what our strengths are, we might be creating more stress for ourselves and anxiety because it's taking more time to do things and we're not necessarily as engaged in the experience because we're doing things that aren't really as aligned with what our gifts are. So that's really key. So it's it's about blending the values and the strengths of a person, as well as understanding what the financial dynamics are of them are today, so that there's strategy that can be then implemented that will serve them today, but also allow them to be in a position so that they can continue to evolve as a person and to live that life of financial independence
1: yeah no that's uh, that's so true and uh, uh, incidentally you know i also focus a lot on i mean through your life experiences you learn uh, these things that uh, money and wealth accumulation is not the end goal um, there is something deeper there so unless you address that sort of deep sense of uh, why you are doing what you're doing uh, it may not really lead to uh, what you're truly seeking so uh, i'm completely aligned there so uh, now diving a little bit deeper uh, on an individual basis uh, you know uh, i know that everybody's situation is different but do you think there are certain frameworks certain formulas people can uh, implement in their lives in terms of you know where should they how much should they save how much should they invest um, you know uh, like something that uh, that they can practically implement uh, you know uh, there could be parameters they can tweak maybe you know somebody can save 10% of their income or whatever so can you give us something concrete uh, in those terms?
0: Uh, I would say kind of because how much someone needs to save or invest has so much to do with the place of life that they're in right now. For example if I were to just say a percentage that percentage might be way lower than what someone should be investing in. I find that this is often the case because they haven't been doing anything for so long or they've invested in companies and those companies have not necessarily come to fruition or that they've so much locked up in their own company and they don't have liquidity. So I will give you a few parameters. And one of those is beginning with liquidity and that it's really important that from a cash perspective, that there is liquidity that is going to allow that person in cash to be able to support themselves. This also applies to companies in the event of a rainy day situation where there is a need or an opportunity. So typically when we're working with entrepreneurs, we actually usually see a higher level of cash need, often closer to a year's worth of total expenses, but sometimes that can be as low as three to six months. It really depends on, again, the person, but often with entrepreneurs, we see that closer to a year. On top of cash, we often we also believe that it's really important that people are not just saving in things that are retirement-oriented, meaning that they can't take money out until a specific date that is associated with a penalty. Now, we do believe in investments that are earmarked for retirement, but at the same time, We also believe that life is very, very long and things happen before people stop their formal working years. And for many entrepreneurs, including myself, many entrepreneurs don't necessarily have a specific end date where they're no longer gonna be working because work for them is part of what fulfills them. That creation, that ability to lead impact, create new things is something that gives them that fire. So we believe that it's also important in addition to cash to make sure that there are liquid short-term investments that are easily accessible and are there for that person. So again, that they can navigate as they choose to evolve over time. The amount that needs to be in that is completely dependent on the person. Another piece that we also recommend, and this is something that I would say is a pretty strong guideline. We recommend that all people every year of their life, invest five to 10 percent of their gross income in themselves okay i don't mean in the stock market i don't mean in cash i don't mean in their house and i don't actually even mean in personal care such as getting your hair hair done or clothes that you're purchasing i mean money that's being spent so that you can as a person continue to develop whether it's working with a coach whether it is trying new activities of interest, picking up a hobby, being part of a sports team or an art group, whatever it may be, that is super key so that that person can continue to explore who they are, be able to evolve as a person, to be able to be fulfilled and to be able to navigate life. So those are, I'd say, the baseline guidelines. Another piece with housing and debt overall is in most situations we are not wanting to see the total debt situation of anyone be more than 30% of their gross income. I see. But for some but, people, that's going to be still too high of a number. But that would be the that would be the highest in terms of total debt. I see. Well, that, does that include uh,
1: your mortgage as well? Yes. Nice. Now. Okay
0: there's exceptions. I will say there are exceptions. And with entrepreneurs, that is something that in terms of debt, when it comes to whether it be uh, working with investors or different plays that people are making with a company, that's where I will say there are exceptions. But in general, we often see that people are doing really well financially in terms of how much money that they are making or how much money their companies have sold for, but often we see that they are personally strapped to a lifestyle because of the things that they are buying that are outside of their financial means and often are not actually even bringing them joy. So Mm -hmm. the 30% is a guideline. It's technically a little bit higher than that if we take into account things like cars and looking at some smaller transactions but it's something that you know the 30 to 40 percent is kind of like the max guideline but I really like to focus in on the 30 because often we see that people have not accounted for all the maintenance related items that come with the debt that they're carrying whether it's the interest on the cars and homes, or whether it's the maintenance of the properties or emergencies that just happen along the way.
1: I see, I see.
0: Um,
1: All right, and uh, I was uh, going through your um, content and one of the things that uh, struck me was that you don't believe in budget. So can you, uh, that's kind of unusual, and I'm uh, really interested in understanding the
0: rationale behind it. So can you unpack that for us? Sure, well I do, I want to clarify in that I believe in budgets for projects. So, if as a business owner, you are, for example, going to be launching an initiative or you are going to be, let's just say, uh, renovating a building that your team is working out of, things like that, that's where budgets definitely make sense. And you have to manage those and manage those very closely. And I'm okay with having a working budget overall, but the reason I don't believe in budgets is because I look at them often like diets. And diets are things that people are often engaged in, but they're not actually embracing as a lifestyle. We believe it's extremely important that people are aligning their spending with what is important to them, as opposed to setting these restrictions per category based on some person who said, this is how much you should spend, in one particular category. We have clients who spend a ton of money on, for example, areas like food, that would be way outside of what anyone would recommend for a budget around food. But those clients, for example, might really value entertaining, or they might really value eating everything that is organic or plant-based. Those budgets are gonna be higher. Now, that same person might not necessarily value travel or buying a certain type of clothes or whatever it is. We believe that with spending, it should be focused in on you spending highly, if you have the resources, in the areas that bring you true, deep joy and fulfillment. And at the areas that don't, that you don't spend, and if anything, you cut significantly in those areas so that you have more flexibility in the other areas. That doesn't happen by just creating a budget. Mm -hmm. We need to start with understanding where is our spending. So, we actually believe that people should, and this is something all of your listeners can do, is to track spending per category per month. Now, that can be a lot for any one person to just jump into doing. And there are software systems that can help with that, but they all require some work. So, what we would suggest that people initially first look at is take two to three categories and track those every single month and to see how much is actually being spent. It's almost unanimous across the board when we work with people that they'll tell us that their spending is X amount of dollars. And then we look at their expenses and it's several thousand dollars more per month. That's one of the beautiful things about math is it does have to add up. So money coming in and money going out, there's a place for all of it. But for most people, a lot of money is going through the cracks in terms of their spending, whether it be through random purchases that they're making through things that are connected to some type of subscription or payment process that they have. But the key is that we really wanna know where is people money going? Is that spending bringing them joy? If it's not, then taking some steps back and shifting it so that it can be aligned. It's never gonna be completely perfect, but there's certainly efforts that can be made So that the spending is aligned with who that person is and bringing them clarity and confidence now a budget can be created after the fact similar to someone who is looking at living a healthy lifestyle and saying okay i'm going to let's just say be plant-based but i'm only going to eat an animal protein let's just say uh five days a week one time or three days a week or whatever it is. And so that there can be some checks and balances for that, but we don't believe in starting with a budget because starting with a budget is often about setting restrictions to get to a place where they think that they need to be. It's not starting with who the person is and what the actual reality is. And um,
1: that's a, that's a very good point. Now, uh, one of the things I will bring up here is, um, you know, uh, I, I completely agree with you that you should really uh, focus on things which uh, bring you to joy and happiness. But there's a component of self-awareness here, right? A lot of people don't even know what exactly uh, are the priorities for them um, in life. So, I mean, they usually go with the normal flow of, flow of uh, you know, buying, uh, buying some clothing, um, uh, some recognizable brand names, eating out, uh, going on vacation, but they never sort of step back and think whether this is something that they're just doing because that's sort of the norm or is it truly that this is what they want to do? What is your experience in that regard? Are people aware of uh, their preferences, their wants and their desires or
0: not? You're completely on point. So we agree with you. Self-awareness is really key. For any individual can really do this work on their own, but we have found that's part of why clients actually work with us directly, because they need to be led. And so it's something that we encourage everyone, and this applies to all of your listeners, especially as entrepreneurs, because as entrepreneurs, we are often leading teams. We're leading the initiatives. We are leading with the ideas of what's coming next. But we don't necessarily always have that person who's leading us. Now, we're big believers in people working with someone who's going to lead in financial strategy, which we believe should also have a component of this self-awareness. But if someone isn't ready to get to that place yet, and there are certainly many advisors who don't have that self-awareness component built into it. So that's a key thing to look for if someone's trying to engage in that. But at a minimum, we would recommend that every individual, every entrepreneur figures out a medium that will help them begin to explore these things. So it could be something as simple but as important as journaling, five minutes a day and beginning to just write down their true thoughts, whether it be in a free list format, whether it be in a paragraph format, but not really the rehash of the day but more of what are they actually feeling and beginning to get some of those thoughts from their head on paper. Sometimes that can be done by using uh, an app and just talking while you're in the car about what your thoughts are. That might be a more efficient way for some people to get that out. For others, it could be that they're working one-on-one with a therapist or a coach and making sure that they're beginning to explore these things that are important to them. The key is that we cannot expect that ourselves are going to be able to always effectively lead ourselves there's just too many things going on especially as entrepreneurs when we are having so many ideas and people around us that we are supporting Mm
1: -hmm. yeah that's so true well um this is, uh, this is such an interesting topic um, and a uh, very important one at that because at the end of the day, money uh, is what moves this world. Um, so uh, yeah. please listen to this advice. It, it has you know, You've shared uh, so many good uh, points, tips and, uh, and strategies. So please do incorporate these into your lives and, um, and prosper. So uh, thank you so much uh, for being with us today and sharing your wisdom with us. Now, before I let you go, can you tell us how people can reach out to you?
0: Absolutely. So you can find us on our company website, Concentric Private Wealth, which is p as in private, W as in wealth.com. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, where every Friday I have a video up that is really helping people live a financially independent life, thinking about mindset and health as well. And that is hashtag Financial Fitness Friday. And then we also have the social media platforms of Facebook and Twitter as well at Catherine Myola and at uh, Concentric TW. Awesome.
1: That's great. Thank you so much uh, for being with us. Once Thanks again. for
0: having me. It was great.
1: And that's all for now. Until next time. Now, if you're an entrepreneur or a career professional, then I invite you to join our growing community. Navigate to bootstrapping.group. As a welcome bonus, you will get the Startup Founder's Technology Accelerator video series and Mastering Your Inner Game video series absolutely free. This series of short videos address some core issues which are instrumental in helping you move forward in your business or career. The videos are yours to view and share for free. No obligations or strings attached except for one You have to take action and implement it. So join us today. Navigate to bootstrapping.group. If you want more engaging videos and insightful interviews with industry's thought leaders, then check out the other videos we have picked for you. The link is right there. And if you want to be notified about our new content, please do consider subscribing to our channel.